really hard to have a state function effectively in the 21st century without affordable, reliable electricity. And, and, and that is in jeopardy for the state right now. Make no mistake. I mean, I, I think we're, you know, it, it, we need to solve this problem or, or much worse things are going to happen in the power sector in California. You're listening to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. You just heard from Michael Wara, an expert from Stanford who recently briefed lawmakers on a series of options to address the state's ongoing wildfire threats. Last year, California received national attention after the devastating campfire killed 85 people and devastated the town of Paradise, prompting Democratic leaders to say wildfires would be their top priority going into 2019. As you might remember from an earlier show, here's what the state legislature's Democratic leaders had to say to us leading up to the legislative session. We have to pay attention to, of course, wildfires. That's going to be front and center uh, because communities are being devastated. And we've got to talk about how we're going to rebuild those communities, not just how we're reacting to fires. We've got to get beyond that conversation because they're happening all the time. But thus far into the year, little has been done to address growing concerns about wildfires, with credit ratings agencies threatening to downgrade other utility companies if the state doesn't act soon. The clock is ticking for the legislature to take action. On this week's episode, we look at the options before lawmakers and examine the issues confronting California. You can check our show notes for a link to the full story. All right, enjoy the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? (laughs) Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We we clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times, and this will not be an ordinary election. Uh, Today's hearing will examine the Commission on Catastrophic Wildfire Cost and Discoveries Draft Report. It's a late afternoon at the Capitol, and lawmakers are being briefed on a series of proposals about how to address concerns about wildfire liability. Since PG&E declared bankruptcy earlier this year, lawmakers have struggled to figure out how to proceed on the issue. Before the hearing begins, State Senator Jerry Hill, Democrat representing San Mateo, tells me his colleagues are at the mercy of utility companies right now, hence the inaction. Well, the sad part is that PG&E took the easy way out and went bankrupt, and so we're tied and we're struggling, as well as the residents of Paradise, with the bankruptcy and the federal law and federal court. So, I mean, we have been victimized by the system in a lot of ways. I think it's up to us to make sure, and that's why I'm happy that I'm part of this task force, whatever it's called, the working group, to make sure that the ratepayers do not suffer as we did the last time. PG&E has said bankruptcy was necessary to protect its shareholders and cope with the $30 billion in wildfire liability costs it faces. Since Hill's comments, PG&E has agreed to pay $1 billion in settlements with California towns and counties ravaged by a string of wildfires. Now there's a lot to unpack from Hill's comments, but let's start with this. State investigators determined earlier this year that PG&E caused the campfire. Victims are now waiting to get paid out for their claims. Meanwhile, insurance companies are starting to leave high-risk areas, 
making it difficult and more expensive for some California homeowners to get affordable and comprehensive wildfire liability coverage. Finally, utilities argue that they shouldn't be held to a strict state liability standard. They say an increased wildfire liability risk from climate change will lead to their collapse. And California has not yet adopted a comprehensive plan to address the crisis. While there have been some incremental steps, lawmakers admit not much is getting done about the larger problems of paying victims, supporting utility companies, keeping utility rates reasonable, and making homeowners insurance accessible. Senator Bill Dodd of Napa has been a leading voice on the issue. You'll hear from him more a little bit later. But he said before the wildfire commission hearing that he's frustrated by the slow pace in Sacramento. If we wanted to just, if we were okay with just putting this on all on ratepayers, we'd be done by now. We really would. And so it is critically important that we find a way through this with most of the liability being paid by the shareholders and not the ratepayers. Michael Wara, the man you heard at the top of our show today, briefed Hill, Dodd, and other lawmakers about possible solutions to the wildfire crisis. He discussed the three options. First, lawmakers could lower the strict liability standard for utilities. Political leaders aren't a fan of this idea, saying it could cut utilities' incentive to take care of their power lines. Second, they could create a catastrophic wildfire fund. Utility companies, ratepayers, homeowners, and taxpayers could contribute to get the victims the money they are entitled to for their claims. Or third, the state could raise utility rates and loan utilities the money to pay out wildfire damage claims while awaiting a determination from the state's Public Utilities Commission on who's responsible. Warren says lawmakers need to act quickly before another major wildfire occurs. If not, more companies could declare bankruptcy. And that could leave the state owning the power lines and facing billions of dollars in wildfire liability costs. And they're going to have to deploy political capital. And this is the hardest thing, right? This is not a, a rewarding issue for anyone in Sacramento to work on. It does not make voters happy, right? It's, it's very hard to avoid the allegation, at least, that this is just a giant utility bailout, um, even if that is not what people have in mind at all. Um, but, and, and so, and, 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 you know, people are rightfully very angry at the utilities. And so you're, you're working to stabilize these companies that have done wrong. Um, and it's a really difficult political, um, situation to resolve. And, but in order to get probably where we need to get as a state, in order to not have this situation spin even further out of control, um, the folks in Sacramento are going to have to spend some political capital on this. Over the next month, Governor Gavin Newsom is expected to give lawmakers more direction on which option to select. He set a July 12th deadline for getting something big done. All of it's expensive. The budget Newsom will soon sign has $127 million for federal air tankers and helicopter replacement and $236 million for wildfire prevention and recovery efforts. It also includes $10 million for campfire recovery and $32 million to support local governments who lost property tax revenue. Newsom has punted on other major issues, including a plan from Assemblyman Jim Wood that called for $1 billion to make homes more fire resistant. During a news conference in May unveiling his updated budget proposal, Newsom questioned where the money would come from and stopped short of supporting Wood's bill. Lawmakers later stripped all the money from the proposal. 
fire safety. There's a bill in the legislature that would appropriate, I think it's a billion dollars to retrofitting homes. They're mm. more resilient. What nice. do you think of that proposal? I love it. Got to fund, got to pay for it. I, <laughs> I like it. I mean, of course I like it, right? Because uh, hardening homes is profoundly important. You saw the studies up in, in uh, Paradise, the homes that were hardened. Um, more than half survived since 2008. The new building codes, those were pre-2008. Only a small percentage survived. And I look forward to working with the legislature to see if we can identify money along the lines of what we do for earthquake retrofitting. Uh, so I look forward to working with them on it. Is that something you think might happen this year? It's, you know, there's, there are a lot of things that I know folks want to make happen. It's, we're going to try to do our best. Uh, we'll see what we can do. And I uh, look forward to um, seeing where the leadership is, look for what their other priorities are, see what they feel related to this budget, see if whatever revenue we can find, perhaps some one-time revenue that we can find to enhance some of those programs. This is California Nation. I'm Brian Anderson. This week on the show, we're digging into the state's inaction on the issue of wildfires. Earlier in the show, you heard from Senator Bill Dodd, a Democrat from Napa who's been a leading voice on this problem. He's sitting down with me now to discuss how the state plans to move forward to prevent wildfires, support victims, keep utilities up and running, all while protecting ratepayers. Senator Dodd, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Thank you very much for having me. So I got to ask, there's a lot of talk right now about this July 12th deadline that Newsom has imposed. And John Morlock, who's a Republican senator, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, call it arbitrary. What do you feel of this July 12th time frame? Do you have to get something done about wildfires within this period? Well, I think the rating agencies have made that call. Standard and Poor's and Moody's have both opined that uh, that date's very, very important to them. And, you know, lack of action on the part of the legislature and governor could result in uh, significant downgrades for uh, the investment uh, investor-owned utilities. I know the governor has been very, very engaged, and um, I appreciate his willingness to bring us in to discuss, you know, what's, uh, you know, where they are today, and uh, to hopefully seek some counsel from some of us that have spent a lot of time in this area. And why, I guess, look to the governor? Why not have this done organically? within the legislature? Because it seems right now that lawmakers are waiting on some direction from Newsom that just hasn't arrived yet. You know, I, I, I really believe that, um, you know, the governor uh, has made it clear, uh, both uh, by his words and his deeds and actions, uh, that he is engaged. And because he hasn't come out with something before now, doesn't mean that they're not on this issue. He's got an incredibly competent staff uh, that uh, knows these issues and um, you know are weighing in and have met with uh, our Senate staff and the Assembly staff. So I believe we're, we're in a good position to uh, wait and do it right. But a lot has been going on behind the scene. And as far as just the catastrophic fund, that 25 to $50 billion number, that's what I can't get out of my head. And I'm looking for some sort of clarification or explanation as to 
which fund that's referring to or a hybrid of both or what it means. So it's really important if we want to stabilize rates that we have one of these backstops. I'm of the, the opinion as we sit here today that uh, if we go down the road with this type of instrument, you know, I, I really believe that uh, the shareholders ought to bear the burden. All of it? Most of it. But, uh, you know, let's, let, let me get a little more specific because I, yeah. I think that's what you want. Um, when you stop and consider that the highest settlement, private settlement ever, from any natural disaster in the United States outside of FEMA was $900 million, and we're talking $20 billion, people are surprised. When you're talking about 50, they're going, are you kidding me? And 50 is going to be hard to do. 50 is going to be hard to do, even if we need that. That's what, you know, that's what the good thing about the, what the governor's doing. He brings experts to the table that may just say, hey, you know, you don't need that. Here's how we're, here's how the actuarial, uh, you know, would work on, on, on something like that. But I, I think you would agree that 20 is high, 30 is high, 40 is high. Yeah. Um, but to, to me, I'm looking for something that has minimal uh, minimal ratepayer uh, contributions. I think ratepayers, by and large, you know, get the drill. But at the same time, when their PG&E customers say, look at, wow, just because they didn't follow the law or didn't do what they should do, why should we have to pay more? So um, I, I think there's a good case to be made for shareholders uh, paying most of these upfront costs, if not all. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time, and thank you for, for coming on the podcast. It was great having you. Always my pleasure. Thank you. And you're listening to California Nation. It's time for our favorite segment of the podcast, Buzz of the Week, where I give you a headline I can't get off my mind. This week's buzz comes from a California presidential candidate. And no, I'm not talking about Kamala Harris. Congressman Eric Swalwell hit the Iowa campaign trail recently, along with 18 other Democrats running for president. And he delivered a memorable speech. Now, before I play a portion of it, you should know that he's largely campaigning on the issue of gun violence and has the campaign slogan, Be Bold, Do Good, Go Big. Now, during his speech at the Iowa Democratic Party Hall of Fame event earlier this month, he made a promise to those in attendance. We need a president who has the grit that you have. And we have a president right now that doesn't understand the dreams that you have. I will be that president because I have lived that struggle and I know how hard you work and what you expect it to add up to. But I will always be real with you. I will be bold without the bull. My wife and I, we fight insurance companies. After vowing to be bold without the B-U-L-L, Swalwell paused for several seconds waiting for applause that never came. And that awkward moment is my buzz of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of California Nation. We'll be back in your feed in two weeks with another episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. It boosts our ratings and helps people like you find our show. For the latest in all things politics, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian R. Anderson. 
That's B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. Thank you, Iowa. Congratulations to tonight's honorees and welcome to my fellow candidates whom I consider we are all a part of being the Avengers. The Republicans in 2016, that was the Hunger Games. We're all in this with your help and support to save this country that we love so much. But you've already done some of that work.